back this time from Irish Town, Jamaica, overlooking Kingston. You'll hear the sights and sounds <laughs> behind us, horns blowing, buses careening around the curves. It's an exciting day in Irish Town, and we are so glad you're back with us on the Media Light Network. We don't have the birds from uh, Rockland's Bird Sanctuary with us today, but we've had an amazing week with wonderful friends who are family to us. They've been family for 36 years, and it's, it's been a really nostalgic mm -hmm. week of making memories and remembering a lot of wonderful um, times together. But I want to brag today on two of our team members. Um, uh, first, on, for Frankie in India, he did another second time. He's done a watch party. Uh, he did one for the week before, and he's done one for last week's uh, live show. He had a watch party later in the week. Um, and then Ganae and her team in Ethiopia. Thank you, Ganae, and thank you, team, there for also hosting a watch party. And we would love to encourage each of you um, sometime in the week to set a time and schedule a watch party where you are locally with uh, your friends and family there in your country. So thank you, Ganae, and your team. Thank you, Frankie, and your team. I think Ganae even joined Frankie's to just support him and encourage him and, and mm -hmm. be a media light representative there um, in India. So. One of the things we're really excited about is the p potential as you all begin to gather, it's our dream actually, that you would begin to gather your own circles mm -hmm. in your nation and you'd start to collaborate and build the community of media missionaries as God's new messengers mm -hmm. in your land. And in your own language, with your own culture, you'd pull together a group, you could collaborate on projects, mm. work together, and just see how you can use the amazing tools of media to reach your own people. Today, we're going to talk about personal evangelism in Babylon. You know, one of the outstanding stories in the Old Testament that all kids know is the story of Jonah, where there's a major city they are so far from God, and God sends a man mm. to go to that city and start roaming the streets, looking for people he can have relationships with and people he can share about God and give them the warning that he's been sent to give them. And, you know, the story of Jonah is he didn't want to do it. But it's our calling to mm. enter the cities and speak to the city on behalf of the Lord even if that city mm -hmm. is Babylon and they don't like the Lord and they don't like us for talking about him, still there are people mm -hmm. in that city that need to hear and they are searching mm -hmm. and they are crying out. And today's lesson is a very practical one, a little bit off of the media side and onto the personal side because it's our heart that we will help you to become world-class communicators in person and through media. So today we're going to talk about the in-person part. And if you become an awesome gospel communicator, all you have to do then is just step in front of a phone or a camera and it's going to carry mm -hmm. over because the skills that are needed and really the heart mm -hmm. that is needed for you to share with somebody else, that's what's needed for you to build a ministry that involves media. So last week we talked about cities and how cities are our greatest human achievement. They're the center of our culture, of our commerce. Our education is always based out of that. So is our governmental power. All the pillars of society flow from our cities because they are man's highest achievement. And we've been instructed by our Lord to go into the cities of the world and to go there as his ambassadors to the people. So let's talk about the practical steps involved in reaching out. You know, most Christians don't, don't seem to even have a mindset to do outreach. When I was in seminary, I was working on a degree in what was called then church growth, and they told us that their estimates were no more than 10% of the body of Christ made uh, any effort to do evangelism. It was probably more like four or five percent of the people who are in churches who are, uh, you know, they would say that they are committed followers of Jesus, but 
less than 5% are really uh, have a mindset that is outside of themselves and is actually looking at other people and is that thing Jesus said he had come to do is to seek and save the lost. And so uh, I'm believing that you are one of those. That's what Media Light is all about. We're not, we're not just here about church work and we're certainly not here about church media. We're here about gospel. We're here about all of us becoming excellent world-class communicators because it is such a noisy world. And I'm in a noisy place again now and there's lots of sounds that I can hear. And I've got to make sure that my voice cuts through the noise. And that's why all of us have to become master communicators in person and through media. And that's what Media Light's all about. And we are working on an excellent program that is going to reach into your life and give you the same kind of experience that people have been getting in Thailand for 10 years. So let's talk about that. Entering into a city, uh, going out of your house every day with the intent to reach people, to try to find people that you can speak to about the Lord and deliver His message to them. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, because, first of all, we need to acknowledge that not everybody is reachable. It's not that, that God doesn't love everybody and that Jesus didn't pay for everybody because he has. It's all, it's all done. It's an accomplished. The cross paid everybody's debt. And yet there's still a step that every human has to make. And humans have free will. And in their free will, they do what they want. And we, uh, those of us who are in missions work as, a, as our full-time focus, we have uh, ways of talking about these things. And one of those is a scale, like a continuum of receptivity. You know, there's on this side, you have people who are very receptive. On this side over here, you have people very resistant and you can start putting some numbers to that you could have like a a minus three resistant and they just like if there's a god they hate him they don't want to be anywhere near anything related to him you just keep working you know keep bumping them this way and if you can ever get them there they you know they they're minus one and at that stage they're not a believer and they don't really want to be one, but they're not so hostile anymore. Then you get to the zero point, and you're completely neutral. You don't know what you think about it. Nothing negative, nothing positive. Then you move a little bit to the right, you know, and you've got level one plus one, and they're, they're kind of open to it. They'd like to meet some believers. They might have some questions, or they'd like to get into a discussion. When you get all the way down to plus three, they are so hungry. They are, they believe this could be it for them. They are searching. They are, they're reading about things, about meaning in life. And, you know, this has become a, a passionate search of theirs. Well, the, the key to being a successful evangelist is to find people on the plus side of the scale. If you run into people on the negative side of the scale, be kind to them, be nice to them. But Jesus said... Well, you tell me, what did he say to do? He said, if they harass you, if they want to fight about religion, just leave. Just leave them alone. Go to the next town. Don't keep harassing them. Because see, here's one of the beautiful things about receptivity. You might be very closed right now, and it might be because you're on top of the world and you think you're a big deal. And then all of a sudden, life shows up and starts beating you down. And then down you go. And in these low moments of life where we don't have answers anymore and people become, they, they change. And they, they think about different things because we are need driven. And when you think you don't need God, you don't need people, you don't need help because you've got all you need, you're going to have one kind of mindset. But if life will push you through that and everybody, I mean everybody, is going to have ups and downs in life. And if you get on the other side of that line and life is just thumping you, you are going to open up and you're going to start searching. So don't do things when someone's resistant that would keep them from being open 
to another believer when they are receptive. So that's one of our, our key takeaways. On the other hand, God knows who is receptive. He knows because tears are a language that is a prayer to the Lord. And when someone's heart is broken and when they can't find purpose in life and they may be overloading on drugs and sex and or workaholics or trying to make more money or materialism. I don't know what all the things, you know, it's all over the world, these same searches. And when God sees somebody like that, he tunes into them because they don't realize that they're praying. They don't realize that their heart is crying out to the creator saying, please, please come find me. Well, he knows them. And so the first step in becoming an effective missionary to the to Babylon, to the cities of the world, to the people of the cities, uh, is to pray before you go out every day. That in your prayer, you would pray a prayer like this, Lord, please send me someone who needs your help today. M make our path cross. Help me to find someone who needs your help today. Would you send them to me? Because you can't tell. When you look on the outside, someone could be a total wreck and they look okay. And if you say, hey, how are you doing? They're going to say, yeah, I'm fine. That's the end of it. God knows and he knows who's, who's there and who's not there. So start with that prayer. Lord, would you send to me, just send them to me along my way, send to me someone who needs your help. Now let's go to the second step, second secret here. Tune in to other people. We're all tuned in to some kind of station, and most of the people of the world are tuned in to the, the station, me. Me, FM. Me, 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 my favorite person, me. So it's about me, my feeling today. How's my body feeling? How's my emotion feeling? How's my career doing? Uh, you know, uh, how will this help me? Am I late? Am I pressured? And that's how almost all of us are there in our mind. And you can't lead people to Christ if that's where your mind is all day long. You got to be able to go to the Lord and say, would you help me? It's going to take a force of will. And I want to change the channel on my life. I want to change to other people's channel. Now they're tuned to the me station, but I want to tune, I want to tune to their me station too. So when I see them, I want to ask them questions about their life. You know, some, sometimes if you'd really listen, if you would really tune in to people, you can hear a communication that you wouldn't normally hear. For example, if you say to somebody, uh, hey, how are you doing? I always, I like to say, hey, how's your life? Because usually they'll sort of stop. And now they give me a real answer, or at least a better answer, because it's a different way to ask the question, and it, it says something about my intention toward them. So let's say you ask somebody, hey, how's it going? And they say, eh, all right. Now, what did they just say? They said a lot of things to you. They said, first of all, it's not all right. They were very clear. They were very clear. Language is code, and 80% of our communication or more, I think it's actually something like 93%, is actually tone, facial expression, body posture, is all the non-language aspects of what we, just, what we just said. So they go, eh, okay, that means number one, not okay. Definitely not okay. Two, it's bothering me. And number three, I will tell you more if you care enough to ask me a follow-up question. They did say that because they could have said, oh, I'm great, and totally covered it over. But they didn't do that. They did it on purpose. They left that, that little you know, string laying out there in front of you just to see if you would pull at it. So if, if it really matters to you and they say, eh, okay, and then if you just say, didn't sound too convincing, really, what's going on? I, I've got time. And then they'll start telling you things. Now, too many people will say, hey, how are you doing? And they'll go, uh, okay. And you go, great. And on your way. Why? Simply one reason. We don't love them. 
we don't love them as much as we love ourselves. We're busy, we're in a hurry, and we don't need to deal with their life and all their problems. So, boom, off we go. Well, if you want to be God's ambassador to Babylon, you're going to have to get over that kind of living and become somebody tuned in. They can tell. They can tell by your body posture, you know, if, if you're looking at your phone, if you've, like, turned a shoulder away from them. You're giving them a signal, like, I really don't have time to talk to you. But when you square toward them... And when you settle in and when you lean forward and kind of pull talk out of them, people want to talk. People have problems and they need. Now, they're going to tell you, here's your clue, okay? Because I prayed, Lord, send me someone today who needs your help. Number two, I have tuned in to other people and I'm listening for something. I'm listening for someone who's going to openly tell me about a personal problem that they're having. And I've had people tell me some of the most sensitive and embarrassing things. And for some of them, I was a complete stranger. I've had stewardesses on airplanes tell me that they were barren, couldn't have children, and they and their husband had been trying for years. I've had, I mean, I could go on and on with stories. Because why would they do that? Why would they tell a complete stranger? The Holy Spirit. God made an appointment for them and for me to get together and he wants them to come to him. I'm there to seek and save because I want to be his hands. I want to be his eyes. I want to be his lips. And so we minister to people by paying attention to them. Now, if they share a problem with me, if they tell me the truth about their life and they tell me a problem, just go ahead and imagine a big red light going on over their head. And God is saying this one here, this one here. You move to the third step. The third step is you say the name of Jesus. Don't say the Lord. Don't say God. There are lots of gods. Don't say the big man upstairs. Do you know, this is not, we are not the ambassadors of a big man upstairs. This is a faith about Jesus Christ. That's why we're called Christians. We believe a certain doctrine about a man named Jesus, that he was son of God, and that his blood and only his blood, his death and only his death, has opened the way for all of us, that he has paid for all of our salvation. We have a very clear understanding of who Jesus is, and Jesus is Lord, and his name has power in the spiritual realm, even in Babylon. You can stand in the streets of Babylon. If you say the name of Jesus, something will happen in that circumstance. It's going to happen. He has authority. Demons bow to that authority, and all of nature knows the name of Jesus. So when we are talking to somebody about a problem, and they share their problem with us, the very next step is simply to say the name Jesus. Say what? Jesus, you don't need to go into a big doctrinal talk. You need to tell your story. Tell your witness. You are a witness to a real life experience. I've had an experience with this Jesus. Tell them what he did for you. Tell them what he did for others. Tell them that you prayed that morning and asked him to send you someone who needed his help. And now here they are. And then you do the fourth thing. This will take courage, but I'm going to take a little pressure off of you in a minute. But the fourth thing is offer to pray for them on the spot. Can I just pray for you right now? I won't embarrass you. Um, and honestly, honestly, I don't think it matters what you say. I mean, you need to pray in faith. You need to, but I honestly don't think it matters because what I think is happening is you need to pray in Jesus' name about their problem God just needs them to know, the Father wants them to know that when their problem turns around and when things, supernatural things start happening in their life, it wasn't their tarot card, it wasn't the lucky thing around their neck, it wasn't, he wants them to know this came through Jesus. So he sends a Christ representative to them and you come as God's new messenger into their life you say the name of Jesus. That is your authorization card. Now you pray in the name of Jesus. You have authority. And Jesus said, ask anything you want. And let me tell you something. If you want to see miracles, you pray for lost people out in the real world. 
a lot of Christians have hardly ever seen miracles in their life. And the main reason is they only pray for Christian people in church services. And you need to get out of that and get out where people are. They tell you a problem. You didn't ask for that. They did that. They've opened their heart because they have a need. You brag on Jesus, offer to pray for them on the spot in Jesus' name. And then we're done with the four steps. But please don't just walk off and say, yep, my work here is done. Your work here is just beginning. You just met somebody in Babylon and you just introduced the person of Jesus to them. Get each other's details, become friends on Facebook, swap phone numbers, whatever you can do with them, and then begin to ask them every day, hey, how you doing today? And just, I mean, don't make it feel like a cult group initiation, but just they've met a friend who really does care about them. Get your hands on some good, uh, easy literature and find some friends that you can invite people to join you in home Bible studies and other things. And God's going to make a great soul winner out of you, even in Babylon and especially in Babylon, because it's a place of great sin and great darkness. And the scripture says where sin did abound, where sin was huge and everywhere, grace did much more abound. Jesus is powerful and he is at his best in Babylon, seeking and saving the lost. Go there, make that your day's work every day. You'll still get your job done and God will make you a very valuable person anywhere you go if you are focused on other people. It is the key to being the leader. It is the key to being the head and not the tail. It is the key to being a person of influence. Expect God to use you. He's going to do it. Ah, that message, I mean, it resonates in every fiber of my being. I don't know how many times I've heard it, and um, just I just love hearing it over and over again because it is why we're here. And once I started doing this, um, it was actually here in Jamaica. The first time Chuck ever shared this was in a small Bible study group that we had outside of our church in a hotel with some, just some local friends. And he challenged us um, to do these four things. And it wasn't a practice of my life doing this. You know, I wanted to live the example. I wanted my, my life to shine. But applying these practical steps really challenged me and pushed me. And I remember, and what he told us that week was, this week, you know, find at least one person, pray this prayer, and see who the Lord brings to you. And so all week long I'm praying. And um, I was living in Mandeville, Jamaica at the time. And all week long I'm praying for that, this, this person. And finally, uh, towards the end of the week, I had a, went into our bank and I sat down with our bank manager and just asked him a couple questions about how he was doing everything. And all of a sudden, this bank manager, who I, I didn't know that well, um, began sharing his, um, his problem. And I'm going, oh, I'm shaking inside. I'm going, oh, this is my person. This is my person. And sure enough, I did the, the steps with him. I listened, of course, and I heard that because I was really looking and aware. And then I began sharing some um, stories um, about same situations um, that he was sharing his problem with me about. And then I offered to pray for him on the spot. And it was so exciting. And then the challenge went farther. We had to come back and share our story. And that really pushed us to doing it. And I would encourage each of you to, if you're not used to doing this, um, make a, a commitment with someone else or, you know, with your small group and say, let's do this this week. But the, because the interesting thing and the great thing about it was once I started doing it, it was like I couldn't stop. And every day, now, now it's just a natural part of who I am because it's, I'm so committed and convicted, like we've said over and over again, lost people matter to God. And they have to matter to us. And God's done that in my heart. And it's why I'm alive. That's why I'm here on earth. I shared that last week. I feel like that's why God allows us to remain. And 
I mean, it's, I'm passionate about it. It's what my life is about. And so I'm excited for you. If you're not doing this on a daily basis, um, just, you know, begin. You start small. Say, okay, this week. And then gradually build up to every day. And often it'll be more than just once a day. God brings someone into your life. And we've had it happen to us everywhere we go. I mean, waitresses, if they're really seem, even if they're not even nice to you, you know, Chuck has always said this to me, and I remind myself, discourage people behave poorly. And instead of getting upset because they're not doing their duty or, you know, doing, living how they're supposed to be living or treating you the way they should be, stop yourself before you respond to that and say, discourage people behave poorly. How can I encourage them? And all you have to do is say, hey, darling, are you having a bad day today? Or whatever, you know, that would not be offensive to them, but would just kind of soften what, what's happening. And I mean, I remember this one waitress, and I'll quit talking here in a moment. <laughs> mm, I like what you're talking about. Um, and she really was not doing a very good job. And I just kind of touched her arm and, and said something like that to her. And she just almost broke down in tears. And I said, um, do you get off work? Or Chuck asked her, Are you, when is your break? Or when do you get off? And so she thankfully was going to be able to be off work in, within a 30 minutes or something. I said, I'll meet you in the bathroom uh, when you're off. And sure enough, we stayed in that restaurant bathroom for probably an hour. And she <laughs> just shared her heart. And... <laughs> you know, was crying, and I was able to, again, share testimony, not preach to her, not, you know, just quote all these scriptures in the Bible, but share a practical life story that relates, whether it's your own or someone you know. I mean, pretty much everything in the world that is wrong, you know someone that's had that experience, that knows Jesus and how God has has made it better for them. And if it's not your own, but it's someone else's, you can share their story and, and just brag on Jesus and then tell them he's done that for me or he's done that for my mom or for whoever, mm -hmm. and he can do the same thing for you. And then mm -hmm. pray for them. Just take their hand, take, you know, touch them and connect and, and pray for them. Often, you know, most people have not heard a uh, follower of Jesus just have a conversation with God mm -hmm. and on their behalf. And it does make a difference. And then later on life or later, you know, in their life when something really does happen, they'll go back to that time and say, wow, it really does work or he really is there or he really does care about me. And they'll remember this. And may, maybe you're just the one to plant the seed and somebody else will come along and water it and, and, and or be the doorkeeper to, to help them find their way in um, to the truth that will set them free. So I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about this message. And while Chuck talks to you, I'm going to look at my phone and see if we have any comments well, or questions. From somebody we haven't heard from yet. Is it Dineo Moore or Dineo from Pretoria? She is a friend of... Sai, who joined us our very first time, who has become like a daughter to me, an online daughter who I believe next year will be with us at Media Light. She is determined to come, and we're determined to have you. So, Her comment was, I, I was sharing this in a Zoom fellowship yesterday that the Lord impressed me about souls for the kingdom. And so I thought how helpful this session is. Um, you know, it's really just about tuning in to other people mm, really because once you jesus had a question remember the story of the the woman who walks in the house and she she honestly does not know how to behave he is in a formal gathering and she is there she is weeping and she's making this huge scene and then she's she's a little inappropriate toward him she's kissing on his feet and mm. you know this is ridiculous behavior and, and only a person who's not from their world would do such a thing. And so they're all sitting there judging, judging him for letting a woman sit there and kiss his feet. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> if I was somewhere and some woman walked in the door and then bent down and started kissing my feet and I let her do it. What is everybody in the room going to think? And Jesus turns to his host and says, do you see 
this mm-hmm. woman. That's so important. And that was really such a, it was mm. such a crucial question because it was the real point. The answer is no. Mm. He didn't see her. Mm-hmm. He didn't even think to say, what's your name? Where are you from? What's going on? You're obviously, some, your life's not, you know, life's not treating you very well. It wouldn't take much. You could ask her anything. She is, you know, she's so broken. And um, and Jesus, you know, he just blesses her. He pronounces health and healing on her. And if God can see, if the Father can find that we're the one, in, you know, the 4 or 5% of all the Christians in the world, uh, if we're the ones that actually see people and will... We'll say things to them. We'll make a little time for them. We'll try to minister to them. He will send them to us, and we'll get to have this amazing mm-hmm. life. But, it, you know, it's just for us, especially when we're in America, because America is a very diverse country, uh, the core population is all European. But then you have these people that have come from all over the world to be in America, and uh, it, it's what makes it beautiful. But to turn, and your server is there, and you say, where are you from? And mm-hmm. she goes, I'm from China. I said, what city? Tell me the best thing about China. And they start talking, and then it's like, are you missing home? And then, boom, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And then the, they're going to do what people from other cultures will do. It's going to be, would you like to come to our house this weekend? You know, our whole, all of our friends are gathering. We meet once a month. I would love for you to meet my friends. And so if you're the person that will say, I would love that. Mm-hmm. I would really love that. Mm-hmm. And to go there and just know, man, I am surrounded, <laughs> you know, yeah. by ministry. It is everywhere. There's not mm. a country in the world that doesn't have broken people. Mm. And God will put them right in front of you mm-hmm. if you'll just focus on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've mentioned this before, too, is like I've really prayed that the Lord helps me to see every face you know, as a soul destined for eternity and really care. It's not just, you know, I'm, I'm out to do this, but really, really care. And God gives you that kind of love. Um, and I remember we were in, we were actually in China. I was in the airport and, um, and had too much luggage, as I usually do. <laughs> and I like to bring a lot of things for everybody in my life, too. And I fill our bags up very quickly. And there was this sweet little girl behind me, young lady, and she saw my dilemma. I'm trying to figure out how to put things on my back and put a few more clothes on and get my weight down. And she tapped me on the shoulder. She said, would you like me to check one of your bags? And I was like, oh, yes, please. Well, once we got on the plane, and she was so sweet. She did that very graciously for us. And once we got on the plane, I went back and I found her. And talked to her for a while, gave her our address, our phone number, asked her where she was going in Thailand. And she was actually going to the south. And I said, well, if by chance you end up changing your plans and come north, um, here's our number, call us up. Well, she, a day, you know, you're welcome to come and stay in our home. And something that Chuck and I have really learned is be flexible, you know. Be willing to entertain those divine interruptions because God will Oh, God will bring them to you. And sure enough, a day or two later, she calls me and she says, Sherry, she said, I could not quit thinking about you and your husband. I just, something just, I just couldn't quit. She said, I'm coming to visit you tomorrow. Can you pick me up at the bus station? <laughs> and so six o'clock in the morning, I go pick her up. I, you know, I think, okay, God's doing this, you know. And um, so I kind of changed our schedule around and, mm-hmm. and for the next two days, just focused on, on her. And, you know, sure enough, by the, you know, I, we just, you know, I took her uh, farther in north and I took her to this little Chinese community that I love in Thailand. And if you're there listening to us from Doi Mesa Long, hey, I miss you all. <laughs> we, miss, we miss being home <laughs> with you. And... Um, and anyway, I took her up there because I felt like that would be a nice connect and, you know, just showed her this community and, and told her the history and, you know, just talked. And then as we traveled down, I'd be, you know, I was telling her more about my personal story. And I said, oh, you've got to hear my husband's story. And we'll, all of it centers around Jesus, you know, where the Lord has taken us in our lives and the change that he's made and for us. And so we shared our stories and 
sure enough, you know, and then we showed her a video that, um, that we made, and I would recommend that to you. Find our website and look for Hide and Seek. It's a great... Mm-hmm. Just, on the YouTube. Yes. Um, Media Light Network YouTube. Okay. And, um, you know, she got like a few seconds into it and she, she stopped it and went running to the bathroom crying. And then she came back and listened to some more and she, she was talking to the video. That's me. That's me. That's me. Well, sure enough, by the end of her mm-hmm. visit, we were able to pray with her. Um, you know, just that entry into knowing him. And uh, then found someone in China that we knew to connect her to them, to, to just keep planting seed and stayed in touch with her online. And, you know, God does these things. So be willing to have divine interruptions because you will, no matter where you're going. They may come to you. It may be in the stores. It, it may be in the doctor's office that you have to sit for two hours. Well, don't be frustrated about that. God can do stuff with you during those times of waiting. So. Mm-hmm. It's probably like one of the one of the other many downsides. As much as we talk about the potential of media, uh, the fact that instead of talking to people, everyone in the room just bows their head and stares mm. at this phone for two mm-hmm. hours and is glad for the two hours of waiting time. Um, it's changing the world, but you got to break out of that if you're going to be a soul winner. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of living in Babylon and going to Babylon is that we're going to be a light to dark places Mm -hmm. and there are times that we're going to feel pressure and some of you are from countries where it it's no joke to to be a witness for jesus you know Mm, it can cost you Uh, but the lord will he will protect you and if it's time to receive you home he'll receive you home Mm -hmm. and he'll be present either way Uh, and you can count on that but there's no point in us being here if we're not being uh, God's new messengers, why are, why are we here? Mm. Because we are, we are sons and daughters of the great king. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so this is the father's ambition. It's his only ambition. He, Jesus said, I came to seek and mm-hmm. save the lost. Mm-hmm. And it's what matters. Lost people matter to God. Mm-hmm. And they have to matter to us. So even if... You don't find yourself terribly drawn. You need to start praying that prayer. You know, God, make it important to me because a mature Christian is simply somebody who made a decision, you know, that I'm going to love what God loves and I'm going to hate what God hates. And I'm not going to be the boss of all this. I'm going to follow him. Mm. I'm going to be a son. I'm going to be a servant. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be a worker for the Lord and use my time on Mm in this phase of earth uh, for him. Nothing he cares more about. All those stories. The lost sheep, one out of a hundred, the lost coin, the lost son. You know, there's just lost people and they're everywhere. And sometimes the ones that, that you might look at and think, unwinnable. <laughs> unwinnable. I, I remember a, a guy that I knew and he was just so smart aleck and just i just never dreamed and next thing i heard he's going to a bible study of a friend of mine and then he meets the lord and he keeps going he's still a bit of a smart aleck but he's you know his whole life turned around uh because of that and so there are people that if if you're not afraid of them uh, they might look all rough and tough but you know everybody's lost until they meet until they meet the lord so about them. Okay, I'm going to read a question. Um, sorry, I'll read it to, but I'll read it out loud. And um, it's from Meredith. Hi, Meredith. Um, how do you respond when people respond neg- negatively to conversation or prayer? What's the best way to handle that graciously? Hmm. Uh, do you mean that you're trying to speak with them about the Lord and they don't want to talk about that? I um, mm-hmm. almost always, um, very rarely have I ever had someone respond negatively, as long as I'm not preaching to them. You know, if I'm trying to preach or I come off like I'm better uh, than they are because I have this truth, 
then yes, I don't blame them for speaking or responding negatively or if, you know, we're trying or assuming that they know more than they know. And, um, you know, just again, most people don't mind a story. And you just brag on Jesus with a story. Especially if it's your story. Of, yeah, especially so if that. That's my life. I've had a few people refuse prayer, and mm-hmm. I just say, you know, it's okay. Um, I understand that. You know, you just respond graciously. I understand. I, but I, I do want you to know that I, I really uh, am concerned about what you've shared with me, and I will continue to pray for you. And, you know, give them your contact detail. If you ever need anything, we had... Um, we had a young lady that we met in Amsterdam. Oh, wow. Probably long time. 25, 30, I don't know how many years ago, but a long time ago. Again, a waitress. And didn't really share anything back then, but just were kind to her. And, you know, made conversation, commented on her beautiful blue eyes, and um, and just, you know, just got to know her as well as you can in a short period of time. And again... Um, gave her our names. Um, I don't even remember if there was Facebook back in those days because no. it was quite a while ago. And um, a few years ago, she found me on Facebook and um, reintroduced herself, but I've always remembered her. And you know, I've thought about her different times, prayed for her different times. And um, she was having a very critical time in her life. And she said she just couldn't, um, she just remembered us. You know, all these years she's thought about us and our time with her in that short period of time and, you know, made comments on a few things that we said or how we treated her. And she just poured out her soul to me. And we, you know, we back and forth a lot. And then she she wrote me a few times and said, can you meet me? She started this traveling um, agency kind of thing and wanted me to meet her in different countries to spend time with her there and planning to come visit us in Thailand. And again, it was just by showing love. You know, love is a global language. And um, we all can do that without, you know, even without languages. We've gone into other countries and just mm-hmm. show I mean, let people see their value by the way you honor them and love them. And, and you know, and big part of that is listening. You know, really, like what Chuck mm-hmm. said, do you see that, what, what Jesus said, and Chuck quoted from the Bible, do you see that woman? Take time to see the person that's in front of you, to listen, to make eye contact, to, you know, just be kind to them. And, you know, God does the rest. But, yeah, I would, if it's a negative response, just graciously, you know, love them with your words and, uh, and you know, leave it the rest to the Lord. The Lord will do it, and uh, we don't have to do it. It's harder when you start trying to teach them or you want to talk about doctrine mm, right. or you open a Bible. Uh, it's easier if you stay on your story and you just want to talk to them about what happened to you or what happened to a friend of yours uh, and that it all came from Jesus and he can do it for them too. So uh, it's a personal encounter. We're ambassadors of the Lord and many of you are great examples of that. I just saw Rafi there in Japan. Yes. And Rafi has always been such a great uh, personal evangelist. Honestly, it just sets you apart. When you become a person who cares about the welfare of other people's souls, mm-hmm. you are very valuable on the earth. And it's, you know, it's sad that the whole body of Christ is not switched on like this. But for those who are, they never have a boring Christian life, and they're not grumpy about their church. And they're because they don't go to church with the attitude like, oh, why don't they feed me? Well, I mean, how old are you when you feed mm. yourself? One year old. Mm-hmm. You start grabbing your own cracker and you feed your own self. So mm-hmm. that whole baby, me, me, me stuff. And a lot of Christians are like that. And they're mm. disappointed with God and disappointed with the church, disappointed. They're not soul winners. Yeah. Because if your eyes are on other people and if you are leading people to Christ, your hands are full mm-hmm. and your days are full. Yeah, and if true. you're spending your time with them... Because a lot of times in the beginning, you know, they're desperate and mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna hang out a little bit too long sometimes and, and come over too many times in a row and 
but they don't know who else to go to. Right. All their other friends take them backwards, and you're taking them forward. Mm-hmm. So you know it's great when you when you can find a circle of people who think like this, and then you start to share the load. Yeah, and you you have a lot of social gatherings among yourselves, and you uh, and you 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 just invite all these new people to come. That's why also the church is so important mm-hmm. as a place to graft people in because um, it's amazing how God uses osmosis to give health to people. They just come into a group mm-hmm. that is a healthy group and they don't they don't go for a lot of therapy and and they don't they just change. Mm-hmm. Because they're in a group that's different from them, and it, that group just kind of pulls them, and it, it sort of like sucks a poison out of them. And so much of who we are is the group mm-hmm. that we're in and, and how we're thinking. So mm-hmm. uh, find yourself a body of Christ that you can be part of and get to work with the mm-hmm. other soul winners. Mm-hmm. God is going yes. to use you. Um, Tom and Kuleo Dowd, who are dear, dear friends of ours, um, for many years, um, Tom writes, "Be yourself in Jesus. People just want to see how real you are, and that is so true. Don't be anything but who you are in real life. You know, I mean, I've heard people say, "Are they really like that inside their home as they are outside their home? There should never need to be that question. Be who you are, and be let the light of Jesus shine through you. It's like a magnet." that will draw others and don't it's not you but it's him within us he's the one that gives us the grace he's the one that gives us the patience he's the one that helps us ask a question or say the comment discourage people behave poorly yeah they shouldn't have said that to me but i'm a minister of encouragement instead of responding negatively back because they just hurt me or they didn't treat me right or they didn't serve me properly be a minister of encouragement. Be the Jesus that they may only ever see. And there may be that one opportunity to be that for them. And so we just really want to encourage you to that. I saw Trisha's comment there. Sorry, guys. my I'm offline again so on my phone, so I can't be looking. Um, we've had really... <laughs> bad internet where we've been so chuck went out and bought a data plan just so we can do this and he let me use his hotspot and i went to check my something on actually i went to check my face and my hair (laughs) 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 while chuck was preaching and it shot me offline or not speaking when he was (laughs) and so i haven't been able to look at my comments so i'm trying to see them on his computer so if we haven't answered all your questions or or commented on your comments after we're done i'm going to get back online if i can and go back and see what all i've missed um and i apologize if we've missed anything um i'm trying to keep up with it as quick as i can but i haven't been able to without getting over here and this is not looking very good but anyway trish i saw your comment and i hope you don't mind but i know trish has um, you know really put this into practice uh, trish is a dear friend of ours also there in um Athens or outside of Athens, um, Georgia. Georgia. Mm-hmm. They pastor a church. She and her husband, amazing church. If you're anywhere in that area, it's um, Grace Community. I, I think. <laughs> Sorry, Trish, uh, but I love Pastor Tony. He is an amazing preacher. And again, you can find them online. But from Athens, Georgia, or what is it? What is the actual town? Anyway. It's okay. <laughs> um, but Trish. Um, she and her husband, and I think another couple from their church, started putting this into practice and have invited some internationals into their homes the and have from meals the university there. and um, and are just making connect. You know, you just it, build friendships, build relationships, honor mm-hmm. the people, and God will do the rest. God will, uh, you know, put it in their hearts to ask a question that will lead to another comment that'll you know begin the conversations or you know times of tension and transition and we're all in that right now Mm -hmm. people become open and god will you know god will open those doors with just the right 
um, question or comment, and that will just keep leading into helping to share the truth that will set people free and see the light and the life. And as you do this, you're going to have life. You know, the more we give, honestly, it, it really works. The more you give, the more life that you receive and uh, the joy and the purpose. You know, people say, what's my purpose? This is our purpose. And it brings life to us. That's good. <laughs> um, let me tell you just a little bit where we're headed as a group because we, we exist to train and mentor and encourage God's mm -hmm. new messengers mm -hmm. all around the world. And one of the beautiful parts that, of what the Lord has done in the last 10 years is to raise up a, a circle, a okay. tight community uh, that is from 40 different nations. And so we're already well positioned to start little communities and then launch more schools there. But we're working on a 20-course um, certification degree that we're going to offer online, and you're yeah. going to hear a lot really more about good. that. So uh, we can't tell you when the next Media Light School in Thailand is going to be. Uh, God willing, we'll have one next year, but I, I don't know. But what we do know is we have the Internet, and we are going to... Uh, we're working right now on, on a transformational 20-course mm. program and mm -hmm. finding ways to do that program uh, that really, that will really do you good. Like what we don't want to do is just toss you the keys to the library and say, hey, hey, you know, here's 150 mm -hmm. videos, go watch them. That's not good. And that's not the way we mm -hmm. do things. So mm -hmm. uh, we're working on our system for doing that. You're going to hear a lot more. Yeah. about that so just continue to share the tuesday podcast with your friends we're just trying to get to know people around the world mm -hmm. we want to be here for you yeah. if you have needs if there are specific training needs that you have uh please just send us a note let mm -hmm. us know where you're at and what's going on and we will see what we can do what we can't do we'll find somebody else maybe that we can uh, push you toward and try to get you the resources yes that you need. That's all from us today. Yeah, pray for us regarding that, though, because mm -hmm. we really want it to be transformational. You know, it's not just instruction, but um, it's, that's, again, Chuck will always say, the secret sauce of Media Light, that, you know, when we are together, it, it is transformational for all of us, you know, staff and students alike. Every, every new group that comes in, not group, but family, guys, mm -hmm. Um, we're all transformed and um, so we want this to happen online and the challenge you know of how to do that virtually um, during this season uh, but God's given us these tools and equipments and we need to use them for his kingdom and that's what we're determined to do so we really appreciate you guys praying for us so we'll let Chuck go back to <laughs> that's right. all from us that's all from <laughs> us guys. this mic is yours we love you go raise your voice Mwah.